0: athlete, parent, or spouse because of it.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season three of our podcast entitled Lead to Win. And we have had a flurry of, uh, we are halfway through. Can you believe it? We are just starting into the second half where every week we've been diving into a different leadership principle Paired with a mindset principle. And then after we learn about those principles, we are getting in-depth interviews with leaders from all different domains. So we've had the opportunity to speak to leadership coaches, to executives, to um, former military officers. And again, just on the horizon, right, we've got head coach Brian Kelly coming up. We've got um, the superintendent of South Bend Public School Systems. And next week, we are really, really looking forward to hearing from the CEO of Lippert Components, which is a manufacturing company based out of Elkhart, Indiana, Mr. Jason Lippert. So, really exciting about the individuals that we have coming up um, and those that we've had the opportunity to learn from thus far. So let me just give you a quick overview. So um, the Selking Performance Group is a a consulting organization that helps individuals, teams, and organizations understand and leverage the power of mindset and leadership to unleash performance excellence and drive sustainable results. And so we deliver keynote addresses, uh, training sessions. We do one-on-one performance coaching with an awesome group of performance coaches I have on staff. Um, And again, really look at the power of the mind so we have several coaches on staff with a background in sport and human performance psychology we've got leadership coaches on staff and and really our intent is to help individuals and organizations from the locker room to the boardroom so from the sports space to the business space really grasp how to unlock individual potential by by training them how to think right how their brain works how it affects performance and then equipping them at the individual level with tools and strategies to manage their mind to position themselves to be successful. And then from an organizational standpoint, looking at how leadership and effective leadership drives organizations, and then equipping the leaders within that organization to develop the leadership skills necessary, but but even more importantly, perhaps, creating the right systems that we know are conducive to, to high performance. And so that's our heart, that's our intent, and this podcast is really meant to bring to you resources on both end of those spectrums, i.e., the spectrums of sport and business, and the spectrums of individual mindset and organizational leadership. And so in this season of season three, we're really diving into this leadership piece. And and I'm thrilled to look at today. Now in episode nine, we are going to dive into the leadership principle of empower individuals to deliver excellence and the mindset principle of positive psychology, right? And what is positive psychology? And specifically, we're going to look at a theory called broaden and build and how we can leverage that to really tap into that element of empowerment of our people so um you know a quick recap I guess of where we have been over the last several weeks um, because you know it's important for us to consider where have we been where are we going and and how do all of these things really fit together so um, last week in the class that I teach at Notre Dame so I teach a strategic human resource class at the University of Notre Dame and last week we had our three-quarter exam right and and one of the biggest elements um, that is, is critical for uh, my students to understand and for anybody within, um, you know, within human resources to understand is really the integration of every part, right? And how they fit together and, and how, you know, these components support each other. And if they're not in alignment, how they can derail one another. So as a quick review, let's just backtrack. So the first leadership principle that we talked about was know thyself, right? And really the the critical importance for leaders to know and understand their strengths, their weaknesses, their area of opportunities. What makes them tick? What fires them up? What? drains them, right? And how from that position of knowing oneself, we really have a solid ground upon which to not only lead ourselves, but also lead others, right? Because fundamentally, that's something that we've been trying to stress is that leadership is great, right? And leading others is I think a lot of what people think about when they think of leadership. And yes, it's a core component. But before we get really, really, really good at leading others, We have to get really, really, really good at leading ourselves. And so every week we've been looking at each of the leadership principles through the lens of first lead in and then lead out, right? So keep that in the back of your mind too as we process each one of these principles. Then we went in and, and heard right from Tom Mendoza, the, the vice chairman of NetApp, which was an incredible interview. If you haven't had a chance to glean insights from him, go back and check that out. We we then went into talking about building culture, right? And how the leadership principle of visioneering with passion and persistence and what that means in relation to our own lives, again, first and foremost, leading in, and then as it relates to leading out. From there, we talked to Justin Moss, right, who's a leadership coach and and speaker and heard his just incredible framework that he has to help bring vision to life on a day-to-day basis within organizations to help really create, drive, and sustain that culture of excellence that we're after. From there, we talked about performance standards, right, and this is in versus rules and how setting very high performance standards of excellence can really lead our individuals to to grit, right? And, and developing grit within themselves and perseverance toward these goals, and just a passion around the work that they deliver, aka the excellence that they're out to deliver on a consistent basis. And we got to hear from former two-star two star general, um, former general in the Air Force, Barbara Falkenberry, about her insights and how that applied in her world, right, which is literally life and death situations, and just incredible stories from her. Also, if you haven't had a chance to listen, go listen. There's some really uh, gut-wrenching moments that shared shares specifically around right after 9-11 and what it looked like to lead her people, but even their families through some very, very trying times. We then went in to talk about communication and the importance of communicating with clarity and compassion. We heard from Todd Gongwer, who is an author and a leadership teacher around just the importance of communicating. And we learned right that 65% of our communication is nonverbal, which means that we need to be incredibly mindful about what we say, what we don't say, our body language, our silence, right? Everything that we do as leaders matter because it's communicating something. And that really leads us to today, right, where we're looking at team dynamics. And and that's the general topic, right, team dynamics in an organization. And then the leadership principle that helps optimize team dynamics is this concept of empower individuals to deliver excellence. And so let's just start a a, a general, you know, conversation around this. Because we know, right, John Maxwell says all the time, leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. And so empowerment is happening all the time. And and whether that's empowering, right? Or, or, depowering, I don't even know if that's a word, right? But we're either empowering individuals, right? Giving them the tools, resources, autonomy to deliver their absolute best, or we're robbing them of it and we're stripping it from them. And so every one of those principles that we just talked about, right? So from knowing yourself to building a culture, to creating performance standards, to communicating, right? Are going to impact our ability to empower others, or rob them of the opportunity to bring their very best self to their jobs, to their team, to their lives every single day. I think think it's important for us to define empowerment because it's one of these words, right, that we use a lot, but sometimes we, we, we miss the fundamental essence of it. So empowerment um this is a definition from Paige and zuba from 1999 operationalizes this term by saying empowerment is a multidimensional social process so multidimensional social process that helps people gain control over their own lives it is a process that fosters power in people for use in their own lives their communities and in their society by acting on issues they define as important. Okay, pause there, right? Let that sink in. Let's read it fluidly throughout one more time. Empowerment is a multidimensional social process that helps people gain control over their lives. It is a process that fosters power in people for use in their own lives, in their communities, and in their society by acting on issues they define as important. I mean, so many times I feel like at work, right? In our work settings, we don't feel like we are able to act on issues that we define as important. Now, granted, it needs to align with our roles, but if you are passionate about things and you see things very important that are really outside of your role, maybe you're not in the right role. Okay, so let's consider that as well, but but I think that within work, we should be able to work every day. On things that we think are important, and and now don't get me wrong, I've worked in inner city schools, I've worked in manufacturing, um, I've worked in livestock. Right, these aren't always like world changing elements, but on a day to day basis, right, people know what is important in their jobs, and when we empower them to make decisions and take control over the work that they do, we're empowering individuals, right? Within our McDonald's franchises that, that my family, I grew up in, right? You know, it was so fascinating to see the managers that we had in some of our different restaurants. Some were almost like dictators and things had to be done exactly this way. Others believed in the strengths of their people and allowed them to bring themselves and their creativity to that work, and it was fascinating to see how some of those stores got better faster, made more money faster, had better cultures better more quickly, right? Had better customer service ratings because their individuals were empowered to make decisions. Hey, can we make a tweak on the layout of of our um, sandwich line right back here? Because you know, with this with this machine in the way we're losing valuable seconds in terms of getting food orders out. And so yeah, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's move let's move this one machine back. All of a sudden there's a little aisle here and now you can do your job better. Right? That's empowerment. That's that's giving people the power to act on issues that they define as important within their workspace. All right. And the other thing that I want us to note here is that the the leadership principle is empower individuals to deliver excellence. So I think sometimes you know we think about well, we have an empowering culture we have you know people get to make decisions but we really don't hone down to the individual level and actually ask individuals, their thoughts on the processes that are run, or really pay attention to how individual work is executed in our manufacturing plants or or in our athletic departments, right? And so while we might say that we have a culture of empowerment, do we really, right? Because if we're empowering individuals, this necessarily implicates that as leaders, we must somehow understand, connect, and encourage individual hearts and minds of those that we lead. So as we begin to connect on this process, Personal level and help others, you know, not only learn their strengths, but then position them to use their strengths. Now, delivering results becomes a natural byproduct. Right. So again, this is about individual empowerment and to empower individuals, we have to know their strengths and then position them to use their strengths. And I know I've said it multiple times, but if you have people and, and they're not in a position to use their strengths to contribute to the strategic objectives of your organization, we really need to step back and, and, and be critical and say, hey, are these people in the right role? And if they're not, can we move them into the right role? And is it a role situation or is it an organizational fit situation? Because if you've got people that are not fitting in your organization and you've done all of the right things and you're trying to position them to empower them to deliver their best, then maybe it's time for them to find a new organization. And and I'm not saying jump straight to firing your people. But I am saying, know that that's, that's in the discussion as we understand leadership, empowerment, and delivering excellence on a sustainable basis. So, you know, uh, the, the other thing that we need to understand is empowering others can can often be a scary thing for leaders, right, because the more powerful others become – the more threatened leaders may feel in in our own roles. And so this is why it is so important, right? This is why we started with the base of know thyself in terms of leadership, because we need to know what our own securities are so that we don't unintentionally limit individuals on our team or derail our ultimate mission and objective, right? It's okay to have limitations. Newsflash, you're not perfect, you can't do everything really, really well. And a side news flash, nobody expects you to be perfect or be able to do everything perfectly or excellently even, right? We all have our strengths and we all have our limitations. And when we know what those are, Great leaders recognize that and equip their team and put people in strategic roles throughout their organization that will bolster what their strengths are, but also help come in and support and, and, and levy right where weaknesses might be so that we can achieve the mission. Insecure leaders are not good at empowering others because as others get powerful and gain influence and are doing great things and are contributing to the organization, insecure leaders get insecure. They get anxious. They think that person's coming after their job. They start creating unnecessary political tension within the organization. They stifle creativity. They create a really negative work environment right? And some of you are thinking, oh my God, that's my life right now, (laughs) right? Because you might be in an environment with an insecure leader, or maybe you recognize that you're creating that environment for your people. And again, that's okay. We must be aware before we can enhance. Um, But we do need to step back and ask ourselves, am I empowering my people and trusting them to deliver their best? Or am I somehow inhibiting that? And so that leads us to um, lead in, right? Let's think about this principle of empowering others by leading in and, and, and looking at our own lives. One of the things when I worked down at IMG Academy that was really fascinating was that their leadership team I was actually comprised of former improv artists, and there's a lot of improv people that are out in the world of sport doing training in terms of social media training, media training, leadership development, et cetera. And one of the fundamental um, elements of improvisation is this concept of yes and right and so when you see improv artists up on stage and they're just going back and forth the the undercurrent underlying sort of rule quote unquote that they follow is yes and right and i always want to make my partner up here look good so the the reason they're able to keep bouncing off of each other is because they don't stop in their mind and say no that's improbable no we can't do that because They say, yes, and, right? And they grow the story. The story gets bigger and funnier and more creative, and and there's more elements involved in it, right? So, you know, when we start to apply insights and strategies from the field of positive psychology to our own life, we can really start to build our own sense of purpose, control, and power, which then liberates us as leaders to empower others. And this, uh, this powerful strategy, right, of yes, and is a way that we can build our own sense of empowerment, right? To adopt this mindset of living, like living our lives. Yes. And instead of no, I can't do that because, or no, that's improbable because, right? So one way that you can practice this yes and, which is a really fun, fun activity to do with your team, your organization is literally an improv game called yes and, and this is a classic improv game that that teaches the value of accepting each other's ideas and cooperating with one another. And the game, you know, can be played in pairs with a partner or, or get your whole team in a circle. And so what you do is that you make a simple statement you know, you tell your team that you're going to make up a conversation between two people in which every sentence starts with the words, yes, and except the first one. So you're going to start, you're going to start the sentence, right? And then every, as you go around your circle or the other person in your, your pair group goes, right, they have to start the sentence with yes, and, and so additionally, every new statement should become more exaggerated, right? And you further the scene that, that starts to be played out. So I'll give you an example, right? So maybe the opening statement Starts as the river is full of fish, and the next person comes in and say yes. And one of them is enormous. And the next person says yes. And he's swimming toward us. Yes. And he looks hungry. Yes. And we are trapped in this boat. Yes. And he looks more like a whale than a fish. Yes. And now the motor won't start. Yes. And he's about to swallow us. Yes. And I remembered this boat is also a plane. Yes. And lucky for you, I just got my pilot's license cut, right? So end scene. So all of a sudden we start to see how a simple sentence of the river is full of fish can turn into this awesome, exciting, really, you, you have a boat, but you don't have a boat, you actually have a plane boat, right? And you have somebody on your team that has a pilot's license. So this simple game is just a way to help our brain expand its thinking. I feel like the older we get in life, actually, by the time of 30, usually people stop seeing the novelty and beauty of life. And um, I, this is something that I am, am being incredibly mindful of at this season of my life. Is I never want to lose this lens of seeing the world with excitement and beauty and opportunity and hope and greatness. Right? Y'all know that's my word, greatness. And and this is a this is a real struggle, right? Because the more life experiences, unfortunately, that many people have, the more they learn that. Now that's not really possible or that's impossible, right? And I think the reality of it is it's not impossible. It's, it's only impossible if we conceive it to be. And so this game really helps expand our brain's mind to fire, to think, to be creative. And all of a sudden, what do we know? Our thoughts affect our emotions, which affect our physiological response, okay? And if we're thinking, yes, and we could do this. Yes, and the option's over here. Every idea you have is not going to be a great idea, but it might lead you to the next incredible idea. And this little game, right, and even challenging yourself to live this way, right, allows us and opens us up to potential, to opportunity, to creativity. One of my former colleagues at IMG and and friend um, actually started a company. So he was at IMG and when he decided to leave there, he opened his own company. And um, the name of the company is... Yes, Live Yes And. And so his name is Travis Thomas. I encourage you to check him out. Um, he's an improv community, uh, comedian who developed this company, Live Yes And. And you can find it at liveyesand.com. And, you know, for Travis, as he was teaching individuals about this uh, concept as it relate to improv, he realized like, wow, this is a way of living. you know. And I wanna challenge people to live a life of yes and and to open their experiences and their boundaries of what society might place on us and really expand the potential that we have to do really great things in this world. So check him out. Um, but really as it relates to empowering yourself don't cut options out of your world. Don't don't limit yourself to what potentially could be, uh, because there is a lot out there. And as you as you start to open your mind to it, you start to open your life to it. And as you open your life to it, that's when you start empowering yourself, right? To take control over your decisions, over your life, over your family, over your community, over your business, and. So that's, that's really the first element when we talk about empowerment. We want to start to empower ourselves. And living yes and is one mechanism to help generate that sense of empowerment. Let's let's now look at empowering others, right? So so leading out. You know, as leaders grow more secure in themselves, their mission, their strengths, and their skill set, they can liberate themselves to help individuals on their teams to do the same. And so for leaders to empower others, I want to give you a few strategies that you can consider, right? First is provide opportunities for personal and professional development. Listen, the more we know about ourselves and, and our strengths and our opportunities, right, the more we know how to tap into those. And as we Play to our strengths, we go further faster. So, give your people opportunities to to grow personally and professionally. Another strategy is to acknowledge and affirm individual strengths and how those strengths contribute to the overall team mission. This is the important part that I think a lot of leaders stop short of. You'll say, Hey, you know, you're really creative. Thanks, man. You know, like that's awesome, right? That's a praise is good telling people, but we want to be specific and even more specifically how that strength contributes to the overall mission of the organization. Hey, you know, you're really creative. And in that pitch that you help us put together, I saw it connect with our clients in a novel way that is going to be unlike any other of our competitors that are going to go in and pitch that to them. That was awesome. Thanks for that. Wow. Now, all of a sudden, that individual is you're affirming a strength that they have. But now they see how their strengths are fitting into the organization. One of the things that research is actually starting to find for us in terms of human resources, as it relates to the onboarding process and orientation process, so when when new people come into an organization, they're finding that as we help people identify their strengths and their individual characteristics and how those fit into the organization, they're actually starting to increase retention rates. Simply by helping people at the individual level, understand how who they are and what they bring to the table actually contributes to the strategic objective. So this fits right in line with that. The next strategy that you can use to help empower your people is position people in roles that that align with and build on their skill sets and strengths. So some leaders are under the philosophy that, you know, your strengths are your strengths. That's awesome. Now we need to build up your weaknesses and really focus on that. But a lot of transformational leadership research and writers, Marcus Buckingham being one of them, um, finder you know, all, Tom Rath, all of those different uh, um, authors and writers and researchers in, in the world of leadership and transformational leadership are finding that, listen, yeah, we need to make sure that our weaknesses don't become stumbling blocks for us, but what we really need to do is focus on our strengths. And so, we need to position people in roles that align with their strengths and then help build them as they go. Um, the next way to empower your people is to praise in public but counsel in private I think this is really important um, now now there are moments right that can be done where you can counsel in public or in small group settings to help others learn from um, what's happening with an individual or the decisions that they made and how that affected the organization so for example in my class last week right I had an individual who we were talking about one topic and all of a sudden he's like hey I have a, I have a question and I know it's a little bit off topic but And it was literally about something from last week, which implies to me that he was really not engaged or paying attention in the moment. And so... You know, I used that opportunity to pull out one of our class's core values. Well, two, actually. One of our class core values that they developed was respect, and the other is presence. And so being present in mind and body moment by moment and respecting um, one another by listening to and contributing ideas. And so I said, hey, um, Steve, which is a made-up name, obviously, you know, while I appreciate your question, um, the positioning of your question Really, I think, is not in alignment with some of our core values and tells to me you weren't really listening right now. So let's be respectful. Let's be present. And, and on the other side of this, you know, for all of us to take into consideration, someday you shortly, they're upper juniors and seniors, right? Someday shortly, you are going to be in business meetings, and you need to be really mindful about when and how you position your questions, because it's going to convey something about you, about your attention to detail about your understanding of organizational flow. And so that's a learning for all all of us to be able to take away from this moment, right? So see how, you know, that was a great, great opportunity to counsel in public, quote unquote, even though it was a small group setting, um, because I think everybody could take away learnings from it and it reinforced our core values and our standards of excellence in our classroom setting. But actually as a follow-up, I just had another conversation with that student one-on-one and we talked a little bit more intimately about his sort of natural tendencies in communication and uh, group settings, etc., that I think are really valuable for him, but would have been embarrassing, perhaps, if it was done in a whole group setting. So again, praise in public, counsel in private. The next strategy is to remove roadblocks that could inhibit your team from delivering results. So Justin Moss actually touched on this a lot during our interview in one of our, our previous uh, episodes. So go back and listen to that to get more in depth on this. But sometimes if people aren't delivering excellence, it's not always their fault. And I and, and I am uh, I am the biggest proponent of personal responsibility and accountability and discipline. So please don't get me wrong when you hear me say that, uh, particularly if this is the first time you're listening, <laughs> I am all about those other elements elements. Um, But the reality of it is in work and life, right, sometimes there are external roadblocks that are in the way of our people delivering their best. And so we just want to be mindful of that when we even when we're looking at the performance management process in terms of human resources, you know, uh, the the fifth step in the performance management process is developing action plans to increase performance. And one of the uh, one of the things that we need to ask um, within that action plan is, is this a personal issue? Or is this a an external roadblock that we need to put to, to remove. And so just know that that could be a barrier for your people and be mindful of that as the leader. The other thing that this does for you as a leader, when you acknowledge that, hey, are there any roadblocks that are getting in the way of you delivering your results here? Or that your people are like, wow, okay, um, you're not just blaming me for this. So, so it actually encourages personal responsibility and accountability um, because when, when people recognize that you might not be blaming them for something, now all of a sudden they're willing to say, no, you know what? there's not, I just need to step up my communication skills, right? Or I need to communicate more with my teammate on the other side, so that we can make sure that we don't drop the ball during the transition phase, right? So that's just by asking that question can open your people up to taking that accountability. But it also might reveal some things that you need to get out of the way that are impeding your people. And then finally, right? So the last strategy that I want to offer you to, to empower your people is to trust others to deliver, right? There there are usually more than one way to get things done well. And depending on your personality type, you know, you might think your way is the only way and it's not. Um, this is something that I've struggled with. I mean, if you can imagine, I'm a high energy driven type person. One of my best friends from elementary school, Michelle Armstrong now, I love you. Um, but I remember her telling me in third grade, we had this project and I only wanted our S's written a particular way. I know that sounds ridiculous, um, but that's, that's who and how I would was. Okay. So she tells the story and laughs now when we were in group projects together, how I needed everything done a specific way. And the funny thing is she's actually the creative one. And so I was stifling that in her because I had a control issue totally in third grade, right? And um and so I think that that's just important that we need to trust others to deliver. There there are more ways to get things done than one. Now that doesn't mean we compromise on standards of excellence. So hear me on that as well. Um, we empower people within their domain of excellence, but we make sure or yes and we that ah, look what I just caught myself there, right? So we empower others in their domain and of air Area of expertise. And we also clarify what our area of expertise are and make sure that those are in alignment, right? So we talked earlier about how in human resources, we need to make sure that, by the way, I think I'm going to change the term human resources. We're going to change it to like high performance or something. So if you see that in the future, that human resources, I feel like it's old, it's outdated. It doesn't nearly give justice to what really strategic, human and system high-performance excellence really helps deliver in organizations. But anyways within the traditional framework, right, of, of human resource management, it's important that all of those things are aligned. Um, same is true here. It's important that our expertise are all aligned and that as we empower others to do their best, that it's all in, in, in uh, synergy, right? Because then what you bring to the table, what I bring to the table, what he and she brings to the table, um, the sum is greater than the parts, and that's really what we're after. So quick recap, right, the the following strategies to help empower your people, provide opportunities for personal and professional Professional development, acknowledge and affirm individual strengths and how those strengths contribute to the overall team mission. Position people in roles that align with and build their skill set and strengths. Praise in public, counsel in private. Remove roadblocks that could inhibit your team from delivering results and trust others to deliver. There is usually more than one way to getting things done well. All right. Well, that sort of brings us to a close looking at our leadership principle of empowerment, right? And just a, a quick aside, right? Consistency, consistency, co- consistency, communication, communication, communication. Empowerment of individuals happens through consistency and communication up, down, and throughout your organization. So before we dive into our championship leadership training of the day, I want to do a quick review of our mindset principle, right? And so our mindset principle that we're looking at is positive psychology and specifically within positive psych, this broaden and build theory. So, you know, positive psychology is a relatively new branch of psychology that looks at um, what thriving individuals are doing to be leading such great lives, like personally, professionally, athletically, institutionally. Etc. Um, but unfortunately, you know, popular culture has turned the word positive into seemingly soft or fluffy things. But the reality of it is that when our brains, right, are in this positive state, they think more clearly, they think more creatively, and they can problem solve better because they can identify more options or solutions. And so, One of the great researchers in the field of positive psych is Barbara Fredrickson. She's got several good books out there. I encourage you to check those out. And she's a leading researcher who's really done a lot of her work around positive emotions. She wanted to know, like, are positive emotions just things that are nice for humans to experience, or do they serve some sort of benefit? And so her research has revealed that they actually do have um, resiliency benefits. And she developed this theory called broaden and build. And I'll post a picture for you to take a look at this theory in a, in sort of an image standpoint. But as, as this picture sort of describes, right, positive thoughts and emotions like joy, love, contentment, interest, happiness, right, um, increase our brain's capacity to think about problems and see solutions, right? So it broadens or it expands our inventory of thoughts and actionable solutions, And these positive emotions actually change the boundaries of our minds. That's really the broaden element, right? And the building element then implies that through this broadening of thoughts and actions and the inventories that we have available to us, our brain actually builds psychological, emotional, and social resources. And so and these and it's these resources, right, that begin to transform and they advance personal growth and create more positive emotions in ourselves. So it creates this like upward spiral, right? And these these resources, physical, mental, social resources, this is this is what we talk about in terms of resiliency, right? We've got more individual capital. We've got more, and social resources are connections, right? Think about positive people, happy people. They tend to have a lot of friends, right? Or maybe even if not a lot, some really close friends. They've got social resources and, and social connections we know lead back to resiliency, people being able to bounce back after blows or to to withstand a lot of pain or pressure or um, emotional tra- trauma, right? And so um, positive emotions and positive thoughts, again, expand our inventory. They broaden our brain and body's ability to cr- develop and incorporate more psychological, emotional, and social resources resources and and therefore builds resiliency. And so again, within ourselves, we have to be mindful. We have to be pot like in institute some of these positive psych principles. And if you don't if you want to learn more, just Google it. There's a ton of research out there. Um, And we use those, right, to build our own resources to help generate more strength and resiliency at the individual level. And we also want to bring that out in others. So we want to build these mental and, and emotional capacities in others. I think I've mentioned this before, but before exams, right, in my class, we just do a positive psych activity. Think of three great things in your life or three things for which you're thankful for, or what's the best thing that's happened to you. You can start your executive meetings like that. Go around. What's the best thing that's happened to you in the last week? It's a quick second, right? It doesn't take very long, but it primes everybody's minds to be more open, to be able to think more clearly, to problem solve, right? And we start to generate this upward spiral, which empowers at the individual level for people to bring their best self to every situation and scenario. All right, we have made it to our leadership training. So, championship leadership training for this week. In terms of leading in, I want you to practice living your life in a yes and kind of way. Um, I want you, you know, to I, I want you to think about and find a specific example. Right at the end of the week, I want you to write down a specific example that you share with your best friend, your spouse, someone in your colleagues. Right that includes how your yes and mindset led you to a new opportunity, a new relationship, or an insight than if you would have adopted a no because type mentality. So So try to live this week yes and, right. When you hear something, instead of saying no because, say yes and, right? What can we do with that? And then I I want you to send me an email, right? Amber at SelkiePerformance.com or shoot it out on Twitter at, at Champ Mindsets. What new opportunity, relationship, or insight did you gather or incorporate into your life based on your intentionally living yes and this week? And then in terms of leading out, your leadership training is going to be to share with at least three people in your team, organization, or family, the strength that you see in them, and how that strength contributed to your organizational team or family mission. All right, again, sharing such insights with others can really help build their understanding of themselves and empower them to live more fully into those strengths. Man, thank you so much for being with us today, ladies and gentlemen. This has been fun, empowering. I'm getting empowered myself to go out and have an an awesome day. And I just want to encourage you to do the same. If there's any way that we can be of support to you or if you have an idea that we could come partner with you or your organization through keynotes or or training, please shoot me an email, amber at selkingperformance.com. You can check out our website, www.selkingperformance.com. Ton of great resources there. The podcast is there. There's performance articles. Um, And you can also check out our performance coaches, the team that we have assembled to help come alongside of you and work with you one-on-one, whether you're navigating sport or life or family or leadership challenges. We've got a really diverse group um, that is that is equipped to help you lead this life of excellence that you're on in terms of high performance. And just a quick teaser. Next week, we are going to uh, hear from the CEO of Lippert Components, Jason Lippert. I am so excited. Wait till you hear what they are doing in their organization. Holy cow. Talk about empowering people from the top top down and the bottom up in a manufacturing environment. It is going to be a thrilling conversation with him and hopefully can really set the stage to open your mind, right? Broaden your mind around what work is, what it can be, what it should be, and the mission that he is on to transform how work is done in this world. Thank you again for being with us. It's been an honor and a pleasure. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Selking. You have been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset and leading to win.
0: Brightview Medical is a patient-oriented medical healthcare organization with goals to change healthcare as we know it. By understanding the wasteful and costly healthcare system in place today, Brightview is able to create a unique opportunity that revolutionizes patient doctor visits, cuts back on costs, and increases patient satisfaction. They house all of their specialty physicians, CDC level labs, and state-of-the-art technology in one building, providing a one-stop patient-centered environment which is unparalleled in today's medical field. At Brightview Medical, they don't just practice medicine, they perform it. This episode was recorded and produced by Truthwork Media. If you're interested in having a podcast, look us up at truthworkmedia.com. Truthwork Media, everyone has a story, yours needs a podcast.